look, I'm going to try and talk some people off the edge tonight. Not right from the get-go, because there's been a lot of noise. The Seahawks defense can't stop the run. They can't stop they can't it, Moyer. can't find a way to win in the last drive. They can't so. win, Moyer. I know. We're 6-5, and five and we're playing with house money. And, look, we're going to win this week. No. We're, we're talking about how to. We're, we're in a good situation if you are a Seahawks fan. I know that you, uh, you see these last two losses. In Germany, you lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady and them. They rush for 161 yards. That team only averaged 60 yards on the ground. And then you come back in the Las Vegas Raiders, and Josh Jacobs has a career day over 300 yards from um, the line of scrimmage. But I'm with you. I'm not, I'm not ready to say, okay, these guys are done. Uh, even though the Seahawks, the last two weeks, they've allowed 444 yards on the ground. That is a fact. Okay, I'm not making that up, Moyer, but you tell me why we shouldn't be panicking right now and what they need to do to fix that situation. Well, you, you've heard this old adage, it's never as good or as bad as you think it is. got to right. go watch the film and the tape. And so uh, let's talk about the running game, uh, particularly last week. We, we knew Josh Jacobs was special. I mean, he was averaging 90 yards a game going into it. I don't think I don't think a lot of people knew. I think some people knew. Oh man, he's special. He's a special runner. But the yeah. Seahawks loved him. They they and, and Schneider talked about that they wanted to actually draft him. They were just trying to figure where would we find a place for him because we had a lot of running backs at the time. You had right. Carson, you had Penny. They're thinking, well, maybe we can make him a third down back. No, he's an, he's a full time back. And, and and you saw that the way he sets up run, uh, his speed. I mean, that eighty six yard run. Even Woolen couldn't catch him. And Woolen's the fastest man in the NFL probably. But let me, let me just help people understand this. So they ran 38 times last time with running back, this last game with running backs, 38 times. The, of those, six of them were 11, a 15, a 17, a 28, a 30, and the dreaded 86-yard touchdown run. That's 170, 187 yards. You can't take it away, but everybody thinks, oh, we, we never stopped them. We couldn't stop them. They were just gashing us. No, they weren't. You take away those six runs, they averaged 2.9 yards per carry. I mean, we actually played some good football, but there was a series in the first part of the second half where we had three or four runs, and then the 86-yarder, uh, that, that was discouraging because – I'm not sure one guy on the defense played that one well. No. So it's not broke. Um, we have to play better. When you have a lot of young guys, I tell people it's a fine line be between bad, good, and great. And that last play was a perfect example of it. That 86-yard run should have been a 6- to 8-yard run. They, they, they played it well. They popped through the hole. But everybody else, should, if they did their job, you know, we come up, you know, second and two. Maybe it's first and ten. But they got to go still 75 yards to go. We're going to be we're going to play much better this week. It's a game we absolutely should win. I rarely we say better. no excuses. We better. Yeah, they're 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 really beat up. We're we're a better football team than they are. And uh, look, you put 34 points on the on the board, you should win games. So I was disappointed in the defense not stopping them with five minutes left in that fourth quarter. Uh, but it's not broke. We just had six plays that we just didn't play very well, and we got to get better. Yeah, and. Working with you the last five, six years and guys like Dave Wyman and Ray Roberts, um, when you look at a football game, it typically comes down to about four to six plays where you can you can point at it and say, OK, if this plays goes differently, then 
things happen. I look at naturally, I look at the um, the incompletion call to DK Metcalf where you felt like, I felt like that was the catch. I also look at the uh, the mesh fumble where you feel like the Hawks are driving down hurt. the field to, to put some points to the board, to change momentum. I look at that, and then I also just look at the interception. That's two weeks in a row that Geno Smith has turned the ball over when you felt like things are kind of going their way. Uh, so, so, yeah, I mean, this was a close game. I think going into this game, you and I and other people thought that this Raiders team was better than what their record kind of oh, showed no you. I mean, they, they've lost close games. They've been up 17 points and given up leads. So it's not like these guys lost to a team that had no business competing with them. But what those two losses do, it puts a little bit of pressure on them now, right? I think this now, this Rams game becomes a must-win game. You have to get this win. Yeah, and look, I, we're, to me, part of it is we're playing with house money. I don't, I don't know, you know, give me a, a raise of hands out there. Who thought they are going to win more than nine games this year? Uh, okay, no one raised their Nobody. hand. Nobody. So, so my point is, we, we start <laughs> off six and three, and that's kind of what most people, that was actually the over, because the over was uh, five wins this year by the national media. But you have to reset. At, when we're six and three, I need to reset. My expectations have changed at this point. All right. So these last two losses are disappointing to me because they're two games we should have won. I'm okay with the Tampa Bay loss because they're actually a very good football team, even though they lost last week. You're okay with it? Well, I am okay with it. The reason why I'm okay with it is um, they're skilled enough defensively and they're, you know, won a Super Bowl two years ago. The talent's there. Okay. Um, the Raiders, the talent's there too. They just couldn't find ways to win in the fourth quarter. And so when we have the lead with five minutes left in the game, I'm hoping, counting on our defense to shut that down. It didn't happen. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to address Gino because you said he had two turnovers in that game. And some people say, well, he didn't give us, a, he didn't lead us to, to a winning drive at the end of the game. Okay, so let me address those. So he throws the one interception, and it was he, he, he can't throw that. He'll, he'll admit that. What did he do after that interception, after they scored on the very Seven plays, play? 75 yards, five for five completions, hits Tyler Lockett for a 35-yard touchdown. Boom, touchdown. We have a read option. It, it, we fumbled the ball when we're about to score, and that was pretty devastating. What did he do when we got the ball back? Boom, same thing. We go down with five or seven plays. We score a touchdown again. So he answered both of those turnovers. So now let's talk about the fourth quarter. It's 27-27. He goes down again, and he drives our team down, and we score a touchdown with five minutes left in the game. We take a 34-27 lead. That, to me, is plenty at that point. Love to have had the defense and actually should have won the game because there was a fumble that they didn't call. But that's another point. Um, <laughs> I will give it on the very last drive of regulation. He missed a throw early to Tyler Lockett. That one hurt. He was wide open down the middle. But I'm telling you. Was, there was pressure around him, though. Yeah. There was some pressure. No, there was. But of his 500 throws this year, 400, whatever number it is, it's one of two or three that I just went, well, that was a bad throw by him. Um, and then the one to tie, or excuse me, to DK Metcalf on the sideline, they called an incomplete. We end up punting that ball and going into overtime. The overtime drive was not his fault. Both times he was lucky to be alive right now because the pass rush was right on top of him. He couldn't, he didn't have a chance to get rid of the football. That was not his fault. And then the 86 yard run, we lose the game. So Gino, just for those who are listening who think, oh, you know, he's coming back to the pack. No, he's not. He started off two for six in that game, and he was pretty brilliant the rest of the game, other than a couple of throws. So Gino's the real deal. 
that's not going away. Hey, so I'm just going to be the guys who are going to be the devil's advocate and hating right now. You're making excuses for no, him, Paul Moore. No, but not. no, no, I know you're not. But that's what they're saying. And I'm going to say to them, one, this guy is taking care of the football all year. Guys are going to throw interceptions. I've never seen a starter in this league not throw an interception or fumble the football at one point. Gina was 27 of 37, 328 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. When he did throw the interception, they responded immediately, went down the field and scored. Now, the other thing people are going to say is, all right, well, he hasn't won the game late. This is my argument to them. I go, yeah, maybe he hasn't so far this year. Before this year, this guy's been a starter two years, three years in this league. Not not very long. You look at guys like Derek Carr, who has a lot of game-winning drive. Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, the top when it comes to the last 10 years of guys winning. They have lost more games in the fourth quarter than they have won. That's what people forget. And I use Michael Jordan as an example all the time. I go, he has like 23 to 25 game-winning shots. He has more shots that he lost to win the game. So when you're looking at Geno, yes, he is, what, 32, 33 years old. You're looking at as an elder statesman, but when it comes to being a starter in the NFL, he does not have the experience that these other guys have. So the fact that we're still in the game late, I will take that, more because eventually it's all going to come And And he's together. a 25-year-old, 32-year-old. He's, exactly. he's a young 32-year-old. Exactly. All right. We back, baby. Bellevue Collection, what's up? How y'all doing? Y'all good out there? All right, all right, now, hey, bye week's over. Y'all got to wake up, okay? Hey, coming up next, we're going to get an opponent preview. That's next right here on Hawks Live. I'm Michael Bumpus with my guy, Paul Moyer, and it's time to talk about these Los Angeles Rams. I'm from L.A. There was no team in L.A. when I was growing up, so they're fake. These are fakers, these L.A. Rams, okay? They are 3-8. and eight. They are last in the NFC West. They've lost to the Buffalo Bills to start. Two-game win streak. They beat the Cardinals. They beat the Falcons. Then they lose two. They beat San Francisco. Excuse me. They lose to San Francisco. Lose to the Cowboys. They beat the Carolina Panthers. Then they lose five in a row. This team is depleted right now. Matthew Stafford probably isn't going to play. I don't think he's playing. Aaron Donald's not going to play. Cooper Cup is gone. Allen Robinson is gone as well. They released their running back, Daryl Henderson. They bring back Cam Akers, and they have this young running back from Notre Dame in the backfield as well. I look at this team, Moyer, and I say, you know what? On paper, we should get them. But we all know how the Rams do against the Seattle Seahawks. Somehow, some way, they find a way to make it competitive. When I look at this team, I look at the head-to-head type of matchup type stuff. If there's anything this team does well, it's defensively. They're ranked 10th overall defensively, giving up 323 yards. They are 4th against the run, giving up 97 yards. And they are 20th against the pass, giving up 226 yards. And then when it comes to giving up points, they are 18th, giving up 20 three points per game when i look at the defense i say this is a solid defense but there are some things that are changing this week you no longer have aaron donald but you still got our guy bobby wagner what does it look like what does it feel like to see bobby wagner not in the 5-4 he flipped it he's wearing the 4-5 and he's got what 90 tackles this year having a decent season you know look pro football focus if you follow that stuff which Again, it's the biggest joke in the world. Has him rated as the number one linebacker in the NFL. It's not even close. And I've seen Bobby at his best. He's he's nowhere near the same player. But he's still a good player. He's just not a great player anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, look, Aaron Donald is worth five points. So they're giving up how many points a game? 
They're giving 23? up. 23? 23. All right. That means 28. We score 28. There's no way we lose this game. Their offense is just – and it's not that uh, – how do I re- rephrase this? They have three of their offensive linemen on IR. They're about three deep into – matter of fact, Obushi, who used to play here, is starting for them at guard. Um, they, Cup is their leading receiver. He's only played nine games. There will not be one person that beats him in yardage this year, and he won't play another game. So they have nobody. Robinson, who was their, supposed to be their second-best receiver, he's on IR. you got Cup, who's on IR. Um, they don't have a running back. Um, tight end is pretty good. Their offensive line is decimated. They don't have a quarterback. I, we just got to play well. So you're saying guaranteed victory is what you're I saying? I didn't say that. I just said we it have to play It sounds like it, well. boy. You're saying they don't have this, I they don't have that. I rarely say that, oh, th- there would be no excuse for us not to win. Um, it's the NFL. There's really good players. They're so beat up. Uh, offensively, man, there's no way they should win. There's just no way they should win the game. That doesn't mean it can't happen. We've got to go play well. I don't think we have to play great. Let's not turn the ball over. I'm fine playing a little field position on it. They're going to take some shots downfield because they have to. For them to try and sustain a 10-play drive would be really difficult. I know they're going to probably try and run it on us. Ah, man, it's it's a completely different animal when you don't have Josh Jacobs and the offensive line that the Raiders had. Their offensive line is really bad. They've had 11 different combinations this season when it comes to offensive line. That That is the worst in the NFL. Every single week, they've had a different combination on that offensive line. Let's talk about the numbers when it comes to this offense. Overall, they are ranked 31st, averaging 279 yards per game. When it comes to running the football, they're only averaging 79 yards per game. That's 31st. Pass offense, 200 yards per game. So that's 24th. Points per game, 16.2. Mm. That's 29th. That's Denver this, Bronco. This is a, offense. I was going to say that reminds me of somebody over there in uh, in Colorado who's struggling a little bit but we're not going to go there at least not yet no. <laughs> I, I look we're going to go there we'll, we'll get there eventually yeah. it wouldn't be a Seahawks show if we didn't no. right that's what we do uh, but I'm looking at these numbers Moyer and this is nothing like the Rams team that we're used to seeing but it makes sense you lose your best offensive lineman due to retirement uh, during the offseason OBJ it looks like he might be going to Dallas. He's gone. He helped you out during the Super Bowl, that Super Bowl run. Cooper Cup, arguably the best receiver in the league. Allen Robinson was there to kind of help him. Now you're leaning on guys like Van Jefferson, who's a good receiver, but he started the season on the IR, had surgery on both of his knees. My man has only played about five games in this league. Their best receiver right now is Tyler Higby, who is a tight end. You know who they don't have who would have helped those tight ends out this year? Shane Waldron. He's with us, baby. He's the tight end guru. Over no, the there's no question. Years. And look, I I think Sean McVay is he's a really good coach, but you know he just got married to a really cute <laughs> wife, and I think he's got time to he wants to spend with her. Um, <laughs> he's, he's already talked about. He's it. distracted. I, he's distracted. He's like, I'm not even sure I want to come back. Well, let's bring our team back. Let's make another run at it. It didn't work along the way, and all those statistics. Or when Stafford was healthy, when Cup was healthy, right. when Henderson was on the team. Right. And now they don't even have that. So I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I hate doing this because one of the things coaches always do, we worry. We worry, is the team going to be ready? Or did we prepare them properly? Are they um, overconfident along the way? They're still professional, ath- professional athletes. 
Man, we should win this game, though. Because even the last two games, we didn't play poorly. And we just didn't win the games, right? I mean, there's some moments that we didn't play well. Two games we absolutely could have won. So we're not playing poorly. You go and look at some of their games, they're getting blown out. I mean, it's double digits, 21 points. We're a better football team than them, and it feels good. I mean, let's go down there. We'll probably, I'm quite confident we'll have home field advantage, even down in L.A. We'll have more fans there than they will. Really? Oh, they, even when they're playing well, we have probably it's 50-50. Now they're not playing well. One thing we know, you grew up in L.A. I'm an Orange County kid. The Rams were actually there when I grew up. They were the L.A. Rams, and they turned to Anaheim or whatever they were at the time uh, in, in uh, Anaheim Stadium. Um, people don't show up if you're not winning. Right. L.A. loves a winner. They do. Unless you're and the Lakers. they a loser. They'll show up any game for a Laker team. Though, yeah, but. usually after halftime. <laughs> after They're late arrivers. Yeah, so when we look at this team, uh, we see the the struggles that they're having at the quarterback spot. I think initially before Stafford got in trouble or got injured, um, it seemed like he was struggling. He was like the ratio was like one to one when it comes to touchdowns to nine. interceptions. So this Super Bowl hangover is real. But it's it's a bit more real when it comes to the Super Bowl champions and, and the struggles they're dealing with. Look, it's hard when you play that many games. When you win and go to the playoffs a lot, the Seahawks certainly have gone through that. I mean, your body's beat up, and you're starting to see the injury bug hit the Rams. I mean, that's just reality. It's a fact. Stafford was... He couldn't even hit swing routes or bubble screens. He was throwing them into the ground. So something's wrong with him. Add to their offensive line, he was just getting crushed. Uh, now he has no one to throw to. He's not going to play. Um, I'm not saying we can't lose, but I I feel pretty good about this one. Y'all feel good about it? Yeah. I, I feel go. good about it. Christmas More feel good about it. We good. all do. Hey, come join us here next Thursday for our final show of the season. No, tell me it's not the so. final show, Moyer. Man. You'll have a chance to win gift cards from the Bellevue Collections Dining District. Tonight, they're giving away gift cards to Cactus, Daniel's Broiler, Fogo de Chao, Duke Seafood, and Ascend Prime and Steak. You guys come join us. When we return, we're going to talk to linebacker Echenna Nwosu. That's next right here on Hawks Live. I'm Michael Bumpus with Paul Moyer. Got a great crowd in front of us. And right now we are joined by linebacker Russia. Whatever you want him to do, he can do it. Echenna Nwosu, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. How you guys doing? We are well, man. We appreciate you taking time uh, to holler at us. And, uh, man, the first question I always ask or like to ask guys who've been in the league for a while, man, week 12, week 11, how's that body feeling, man? How you doing? <laughs> That's a good question, man. I'm doing all right. You know, I'm doing better than most people, some people. So you know, I just try to take care of my body, man, make sure I stay in that training room and just try to be available for my teammates. Hey, so uh, you're going home, man. You're from Narbonne High School, went to USC. Um, what's it like going back to play these Rams over there so far? Oh, it's going to be great. You know, anytime I'm back home in that building, in that stadium, that's why I come alive, yo. So I can't wait to, you know, just go out there and shine like I have over those past four years and, and back in my hometown. Well, Shine, you have this year. I mean, talk about a career year. 42 tackles already, seven sacks, eight tackles for losses, three passes, defense, two forced fumbles. Yeah, is, is this just about opportunity? Is it about scheme? I mean, what, what's changed for you this year? 
Yeah, definitely I'll say opportunity. You know, um, coach is putting me in a great position to be who I really am and what I can be. So I'm grateful for that. And anytime, you know, you just get a new change of scenery, you know, something's just click inside your head that turn you into a different beast and turn you into a player you know you could be. Hey, Chenna, when I watch you play, you seem like an emotional leader out there, man. I love the fire that you play with, uh, the tempo that you play with. Uh, when you're out there, and, uh, and you guys have struggled a little bit the past couple of weeks to, to stop the run, like what's your mentality and what's your message to these guys to get back to what you guys were, were doing in the past few weeks? We just got to get back to our fundamentals, man. Uh, just your attention to detail and the fundamentals, just the little thing that's really going to get us over that hump. You know, so we're really, uh, coaches are really harping on the meeting room and we're really going hard at that on the practice field to really cut those little issues, the little things. So I feel like once we do that, we're going to be good this week. You know, a lot of people think that's just, I don't, I don't want to say excuses or coach speak, but it really is. I, I, we talked about it earlier. They had 38 running plays from the running backs. And if you took six plays away, they averaged 2.9 yards per rush. But those six plays, it was, it's the little details that you just talked about. And what do you say to the rookies? I mean, is it that they, do they get complacent? Is it just we're this part of the season? Uh, what, what do you do from a leadership standpoint to help them? You just got to let them know that it's a, it's a long season, you know, and, you know, this is just how the NFL is. You know, there's always situations like this that come about, and it's always about how the team responds and who can move on the quickest and who can make the corrections the fastest, you know, because, you know, this is a league where everybody's good, everybody gets paid, everyone's talented, so it's about who can just correct the little details and, you know, be on their game for next week. Now, Chenna, these, uh, these guys are banged up. These Rams are banged up. Man, and you can smell the blood in the water, man. How how anxious are you guys to get out there this Sunday and, and come back home with a victory? Oh, no, we're very anxious, man, especially after what happened these last two weeks. You know, we let the one uh, Raiders game slip away from us. You know, we felt confident going into that game plan, um, into that team, into that week, and we let it slip away. So to go back into a stadium we've already played in, we already got a victory in early this year against the Chargers. Um, against the beat-up team, you know, we're, we're ready to get after them. Um, and we just can't wait to, you know, show that Sunday night. All right, so you played there earlier against the Chargers. Now you got the Rams. Uh, how many tickets do you have to get for family <laughs> and friends for this game? Oh, I made sure it's, it's, it's not as much as it was against the Chargers. <laughs> when I went back for the Chargers game, man, it was, it was ridiculous. So we made sure it was a lot less this time. You know, people don't realize it, it, it is a distraction. I mean, you're, you're flying there. You don't have a lot of time because it's West Coast game, so you're flying there the night before. You've got meetings. Um, but how is that? How, how did you manage all of that going back home? Because that's the first time, really, you've gone back home as a road team. How do you manage all that, that time and, and still focus on football? Yeah, um, I feel like just when you know what you're doing and what you're trying to accomplish and, you know, what, what the bigger goal is, you don't really pay attention to all the little things, you know, flying to the West Coast, flying home. You just tell your family, like, hey, I'm here for a reason. You got to come to the game, but don't try to hang out with me. Don't try to hit me up to hang out. Don't try to go to dinner because that's not what I'm here for. You know, we can go to dinner in the off season, or you guys can come to Seattle and go to dinner. But when I'm out there, it's strictly business and it's all focused. And we love to hear, man. I think people um, don't realize that because you play a game for a living. 
but it's still a business. It's a it's a production based business. And you've been producing, man. Was there anything you did this off season that um, helped your game this season, or, or is it as simple as what my guy Moyer just said and said, "Look, it's all about opportunity." Yeah, I feel like my training has been the same for the most part. I have a great trainer who I work with out in uh, in uh, California in Orange County. So I feel like it was more about just my mindset and my opportunity going into the season. You know, when the Chargers didn't resign me, it kind of had a chip on my shoulder that I had something more to prove. And, you know, just being in this position I am, I'm just trying to make the most of it. Who are the guys you train with? Uh, during the offseason, you uh, you tend to find guys have like a pack of like four to six dudes that they work out with. Anybody on the team or in the division that you train with when you're back home? No, not really. Uh, my trainer doesn't really train a lot of a lot of guys in the NFL. He has a couple guys, but nobody specifically on the team or the division that I train with. I try to keep it kind of small and you know individual, so I can really focus, and don't get distracted. You know, we mentioned you're having you're having a great season, and it's really a season that's worthy of a Pro Bowl, and that's the the ultimate honor, especially with players voting for you. What, what would that mean to you if you get voted in as the Pro Bowl and to the Pro Bowl? It would just mean that I'm, people are recognizing how hard I'm putting in my this work, you know, and, and my peers, you know, they respect me. I'm getting the respect I deserve, you know, throughout the league. And I'm, I'm happy that I'm getting noticed and happy my, you know, hard work is paying off and people are starting to see it. So it will be, it'll be, you know, great. But if I know if I don't get bonus to the Pro Bowl, it's not the end of the world, you know. I just keep doing what I'm doing. You know, things are going to work in my favor eventually. All right, here, here's a real one for you. You're talking to two guys, myself and Paul Moyer, who are from Southern California. You're from Southern California. Went to SC, got picked up by the Chargers. You're up here in the Northwest, and it is snowing right now, Jenna. <laughs> well, well, how's that weather treating you, bro? <laughs> oh, man, I'm, I'm not built for this, man. It's something different. I ain't used to this, man. <laughs> it was, it's, so, it's so cold in the morning, man. I don't know what to do. And I got a, I got a Hellcat, man, so I'm not used to driving it. I ain't got no four-wheel drive. Man. I don't know what to do. <laughs> well, I... If you make the Pro Bowl, I think you need to get a four-wheel drive car. How, how's that? Um, what, what, yeah, that what do you like to do? I mean, look, football is, look, it's it's all-encompassing, right? I mean, people don't realize the amount of hours you guys put into that, the time you get into the, the, the facilities, the working out, the meetings, the treatments, the film afterwards. But what do you like to do just to unwind in your spare time? Man, I'm just, just watching TV, man, watching TV, playing video games, just relaxing, trying to be off my feet as much as possible. Hey, Uchenna, and that's that's a good I like habit that too, to have, by the way, right? if I can do it. Hey, <laughs> sit back, relax, and chill, man. Hey, we appreciate your time, man. Um, we're happy you're here. Love doing what you do. Let's, uh, let's go and get this W this weekend, man. Good luck. Keep it up, man. Thanks, fellas. Appreciate you guys having me. All right, no problem. All right, that was Jenna Nuosu, man, uh, linebacker for your Seattle Seahawks. Good dude, man. Went to Narbonne High yeah, School. Hell of a year, Familiar too, with man. him. Went to USC. He's he's, uh, he's doing it. Probably the best 
offseason uh, acquisition that the Hawks had. It's one year. of the best free agent acquisitions we've ever had. I yeah. mean, really. I mean, we, we've had a few, but for him to come, it, it, the leadership, I forgot to ask him what kind of leader he is. Is he vocal? Is he an example? Right. Um, but he's been the most consistent guy, mm-hmm. and he's been, without him, I don't even want to know where we were, but he's uh, he's been a special, special pick for us. Been a special one. All right, when we come back, we're going to go around the NFL. We're going to talk about what's going on in the league. That is next right here on Hawks Live. Now it's time to go around the NFL. Like we talked about what happened last week against the Vegas Raiders. Vegas, that just sounds weird. Hurt me in the heart. It hurt me. It hurt me more. Then we talked about the Los Angeles Rams. We should get them. But now let's go around the NFL and let's see what's going on. And honestly, let's start in our own conference, the NFC. The Seattle Seahawks, Vegas had them winning five games. They're already at six I think they have the potential to win nine to ten games at this point of the season. How many wins do you think it's going to take for these guys to get into the playoffs? We're talking about Seahawks? Of course. I, of I'm course. sorry. I was reading something. I didn't hear them. My wife says that to me a bunch. But um, <laughs> I think ten. I, you know, ten. and that's where I've earmarked them since we got to six. You know, just looking at their schedule. And, look, ten's going to be tough because – We've got the the Rams twice. We should beat them both times. They're just they're so beat up, you guys. Um, we've got Carolina. There's three, so that gives me nine. So I got to sneak a win somewhere with the Jets, Kansas City, and San Francisco. I'm excited for the San Francisco game up here. I, I think that's going to be a heck of a game. The Jets is probably the most likely. I think Kansas City in Kansas City that. You know, even if we play well, that's that's a tough game. Um, so to me, ten, and that means we got we got to beat somebody. We got to beat a team with a winning record, uh, and we're going to have to play well. So this is something I want to ask you. You know, I only see you on Sundays, and we talk about it a little bit. I invite got, you a lot. We got we got you show. I mean, invite. I invite you. We work together on Sundays. Morgan. I know, but I mean, I invite you to dinner, and you know, show me. I'm just saying. Go ahead. We doing that right now in front of all our friends? Look, we gonna do that right now. It's therapy. We gonna do it right now. I've been hurt twice. That's it, all I'm saying. I still it, love him. He, he's on a couch. You know, it just feels right to him right now. Hang on, hang on. I'm gonna put the pillow down here. <laughs> I'm like, go ahead. Now talk to uh, me. Okay, Moyer. <laughs> so, there's a quarterback in this league who was asked a question, and they asked him like, "Look, you produced maybe two yards of offense in this second half. Your defense did decent." Did you let your defense down? And he said no. And a lot of people are jumping on this young man. And initially, and we're talking about Zach Wilson with oh, I the Jets. you were talking about Russell Wilson. Oh, Zach. Oh, goodness gotcha. gracious. Sorry about that. Hold the Denver. We're going to get to Denver. All right. But initially, I see it and I go, what is this young man doing, man? Of course, you got to take the bullets. Like, you didn't do anything in the second half. And then the dad comes over me and I, I got three kids mm. two boys and a girl at home and I'm thinking okay if I'm his dad what am I what am I teaching this young man in this moment and I'm telling him like look it's all about accountability as a leader whether you're a man or a woman doesn't matter if you're a leader you are going to have to take responsibility for a lot of things you probably had nothing to do with but it's for the better of the organization, the better of the family. So I'm looking at this young man, Zach Wilson, and I'm saying, all right, someone just hasn't taken him under his wings yet and say, this is how you handle this situation. The following week, he is benched, and then his backup goes for like 300 yards yeah. and two or three touchdowns. What are you doing in that situation? Well, I mean, that's, that's a loaded question. First of all, I, I think in today's world with social media and everything real time, 
there's there's very few teachable moments anymore. Everything is, you're 23 years old, you should know better. Um, and, and look, and there's an entitlement too. these young kids, you know, they come up through junior high school, high school, college, and, you know, and everybody wants their attention. And right. rarely do people actually tell them the truth. Look, in that situation, that's a teachable moment to me. And he didn't get benched because of that. There's other things going on, right? I mean, you don't, one, well, I can't say it because sometimes one thing does get you benched or fired. But in that situation, as a leader, head coach, a father, you say, hey, son, you are a leader. They're paying you unbelievable amounts of money. Right. And while it was a dumb question, you can answer a dumb question mature. And he didn't answer it in a mature way. Um, he'll learn from that. Um, you know, he ain't getting a starting job. He may not get it back this year. He'll get it back next year or the year after. I mean, he's a talented kid, whether that translates to him being a great quarterback. You and I have talked about this. A great arm does not make you a great quarterback. It sure doesn't. You know, a, a smart quarterback. I'm looking at Geno Smith. He, to me, is... He's got an arm, though, too. Well, he's, he's super accurate, and the ball spins off it, and he does throw a nice deep ball. Mm-hmm. But, you know... It, if you're going to go and say, okay, let's sit on the line and who can throw it the fastest and the farthest, yeah. you know, Gino's going to be, you know, below top quartile, right? But accuracy, release time, decision-making, you know, he's top decile. Um, so I just look at Wilson. When he came out of college, I watched him. I go, ooh, that is a talented young man. Mm-hmm. He has a legit, he's a guns, a little bit like Patrick Mahomes type coming out. And we didn't know Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he was a guy that was questionable, but unbelievable skill set. And look what he's done, his maturity and all those things. I hate, th- people threw Geno Smith away when he was 23 years old. Stop, well, stop that, man. These are young men. Teach them. It's okay to bench them and say, no, that's wrong. You need to learn from this and become more mature. So, you know, it's the Jets. I don't care that much, and I hope they struggle because we still got to play them. All right. You ready? Yeah. All right. Bring it on. You guys ready? We're going to talk about these Denver Broncos. Oh, bringing that on. Okay, here we go. Love the Broncos. Denver Broncos Broncos is our weekly check-in on Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. Eight times in 10 stars, the Broncos have failed to score 17 points. Mm. At an insult to injury, he and his teammates got into it on the sideline. Now, I've, I've spoken to Russell a couple times, and he don't seem like the type of dude who's, who wants confrontation. No. And there was a defensive lineman, Michael, I forgot his name. He's walking towards the sideline, and then all of a sudden, he turns sharp right to Russell Wilson, expresses himself. Russell nods, gets out the situation, and continues to play football. When you look at that situation in Denver, just your thoughts. I ain't going to lead you somewhere. You just tell me what you think about Denver. Well, when I saw that, you know, I'm a big uh, I, You look at body language and perception and it was really interesting to me because Russell really I saw his shoulders drop and his face was perplexed he didn't know what to do with that because I feel like he may have lost some of his leadership role on this um honest to God I don't care this year I hope they lose every single game I don't care if Russell completes another pass this year next year I hope he goes off I do. I hope he goes off and we meet him in the Super Bowl. That would be so much fun. I like that. Um, but, look, Russell's got some issues, man. I, I, I don't know how they're going to correct it because he's not a pocket passer. Um, he needs to be rolling out and things like that. He's not as accurate as he used to be. His quarterback ratings in almost every category is terrible. 
some people just have a really bad year. Maybe that's it. And they've got some tough decisions. They're not going to cut him, obviously. They're going to give him until next year. But they've committed 200. Well, they didn't, they've committed 125 million guarantee. Guarantee. A 250 million dollar contract, which will never get there. But 125 guaranteed. You cut him after two years or even three years. I mean, you're accelerating 40, 50 million in a salary cap. That's that's hard to do. You have to completely rebuild. But here's what I know. Right now, we're projected to get the number two pick in the draft. What we can do with that, because here's what we do. We don't need a quarterback. I can package that baby, get me another first, another second. And the real thing is, if the third pick in the draft needs a quarterback, I tell them, hey, I got the 10th pick trying to get this. So you give me your other first and second next year and this year, and I still get the third pick, the guy I want. This thing is turning out to be beautiful. That's that's president of a company talk. Back home, this is what we say. Hey, we're going to flip that, send that, send that back, flip that, and then send that for another one. That's pretty much what That's he what, said what right he, there. What he said. That's pretty much, and I said what he said. Amen. Right, there we go. But, but it's, it's looking good. And look, it is. Root it for is. Ev- they have to play Kansas City twice. They got Baltimore this week. So we're, they're already 3-9, and nine, so we're 3-12. and 12. They, Maybe they beat the Rams. They got Arizona. Ah, oh, man, their, their, their defense is good. Maybe they get two wins. The rest of the way. I just want Maybe. to. I want a top three pick. Yep. And I, I think it's possible. And um, it's unfortunate. Let's. No, it's not. Let's not. It is unfortunate. No, it's not. Come on, man. No. Nope. Come on. Nope. Russell. She did, broke up with me. Russell did she a lot. She needs a year of agony. She hurt my feelings. Next year, I'm good. Next year, you're good. Next year, I'm good. But I this feel, year. I feel bad for him. I no, you lie. don't. I do feel bad for him. I feel bad for him, but then I also want him to fail want, because, oh, I want, because I want the draft picks. I can still feel bad for him and then, like, low-key. But you don't feel so he, he bad for him. Pump. You want him to have success. Not too much. Right. Okay. So we're talking the same thing. Not too thing. much. You got, next you know, year. Next year. Next year. All right. All right. Well, can we agree next year? Next year. Okay. Next year. Everyone says next Everybody year. Everybody wants this draft pick. Okay. Hey, make sure you guys get out to the Bellevue Collection Dining Jersey. So many restaurants to choose from today. We had our pregame show from Cactus. We had the brisket burrito over there. I was basic. Chicken and gelata. What you have? I went with the recommendation, the shrimp tacos. Shrimp tacos. They were not lying. It was so good. So good. With the, and also the chip salsa and a little guacamole. Little guac. I only had three chips. Little guac. Guacamole. Healthy fat, guys. You guys get your guacamole, okay? Got it. All right. It. When we return, we're going to talk to tight end Kobe Parkinson in person. Yeah. That's next right here on Hawks Live. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're joined by tight end Kobe Parkinson. Clap it up one time for my guy. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> Kobe, we appreciate you taking time out of your week, out of your day. It's a Thursday night. Um, I'm sure these people appreciate you being here, yeah. man. It's been a, it's been a fun season, man. Absolutely. Um, a, despite the two-game losing streak, you guys are on. No one really expected you guys to be here at the beginning of the season, or really in the summertime. Like, did you feel like this team was capable of doing the things that you guys are doing now? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I knew we had a lot of young guys that had to prove what they had, um, and they've stepped up to the plate. They've all been playing incredibly well, and obviously, Gino's been doing his thing too. Uh, but that didn't take me by surprise. You know, last year when he stepped in for Russ, those three games, I knew he had it in him, and uh, I knew he'd bring that to the table this year. I, I, let's just talk about the whole offense, though, because it really is remarkable. I, you know, just it, whether it's running the ball or passing the ball, it doesn't matter. Whether it's the tight ends, the wide receivers, backs coming out, 
I mean, did you expect really, though, that this offense had that kind of firepower coming into it? Yeah, I was really excited to get into Shane's second year here. Uh, I knew he had a lot of good stuff uh, after last year, and I knew that we'd be able to explore a little more this year with uh, some of the new assets that we got um, on the offensive side. So uh, I spoke to you once before, I believe it was on the huddle, and uh, you said that when you go home, you work out with, like, linemen. Like, you're, you don't <laughs> yeah. do your typical workout. Yeah. So when you reported to camp, I saw about 10, 15 pounds on uh -huh. you. I'm like, my guy's been in, been in the gym right now. Yes, sir. How has that transformed your game at the tight end spot? It's just given me so much confidence in the run game. I mean, you can see it. That's kind of the main thing I've been doing this year, and I'm happy to fill that role. Uh, and that's just led to a lot of success, when, especially when we have all three of us out, the tight ends out there. We have a yeah. lot of fun and, you know, running the ball with Ken behind us. You, we mentioned, we were talking earlier, you're, you're a Southern Cal kid. You went mm -hmm. to Oaks Christian. Mm -hmm. um, just talk about that. Talk about Oaks Christian and then you going to Stanford. Why? Just that whole process and recruiting. Yeah. What, 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 what came about with that? Yeah, for high school, the, the Christian aspect was a huge thing for me. Uh, raised Christian. My parents did an amazing job with us as kids. Uh, and that kind of led me to initially want to go there. Then, obviously, the football program um, really set a lot of people up for success before me. Um, and then the choice to go to Stanford was easy for me. Uh, that was was my dream school ever since I was a kid uh, and the ability to go there play football and then also study whatever I wanted was huge have you always tell me we always been a tight end were you at Oaks Christian and what other sports did you play in high school I played football baseball basketball in high school there they go. Uh, there I played go. tight end uh, the whole time but in eighth grade I played quarterback so I still have those dreams of being a quarterback <laughs> deep in me somewhere oh, what, so it. okay what, what did you think in high school you were best at uh, baseball was my first passion. I started playing when I was three years old. I actually lived in Issaquah for a little bit when I was uh, Get out of here. three to five years old. Yeah, I really? lived up here. Uh -huh. My dad used to work for WAMU back in the day. Okay. So, uh, uh, played baseball. That was my first passion. But then uh, I was able to get some recruitment early on for football, and that kind of took away from me. And for those who don't remember, Washington Mutual is now Chase. Um, <laughs> for those who go way back when, what, yeah. what's your dad do now? Uh, he actually works at Oaks Christian. So oh, he's the COO at Oaks Christian, and uh, he kind of helps run the school. So I say I got him the job because he was always, help, <laughs> always helping out at the school when I was there. And I was like, Dad, you should just work here. And they created a position for him. So, yeah. Man, I love the 13 personnel when you guys get out there. I feel like you guys are so dynamic when you yeah. get into it. And one of the my favorite things I, I love to see is how you guys build off of the play yeah. from next week. So I remember there was one week where you start off on the right side, two titles to the right, you motion to the left, and then boom, you come back to the right. Uncle Will Disney's blocking that in, yep. and you chip him and pushes you know what into the ground, uh -huh. and then you reach the second level, right? Yeah. So then I see it a couple weeks later, you do the same thing, boom, you motion that side, and then Uncle Will releases, and you push that guy to the ground, Uncle Will reaches that second level. When you guys are installing for the week, and you see just how Shane Waldron is connecting all the dots, man, how exciting is it to play under an offense like that? It's, it's amazing. When I'm uh, going through the run install for the week, I'll look over at Will, and I'm like, you see it? You see, you see what we got this week? He's like, yeah, it looks sweet. Um, so it's a lot of fun. They, Shane's always doing something different, different looks, and trying to set us up for success, and he's been doing a great job. When, when you were in this offense, when you first got drafted, your thing was, okay, he's going to be that red zone target. Right. right I'll tell you, like, 7-1. <laughs> Something know? like that. Hey, just, just throw it up to him and let him go. Right. Um, I, I'm sure you hear those things, and you know that's part of your game. But how important was it to you to be like, I'm going to be the complete tight end. Whatever you need me to do, I'm going to be able to do that. Yeah, my entire goal was to show that I don't need to come off the field. So I can be a first and second down run blocker, and then third down red zone, you know, go out, run the routes, catch the ball. And I think that's what I'm, I'm doing slowly but surely is establishing myself in the run and pass game. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I would say most improved player, you could probably throw Gino in there, but I, I would really throw you in there yeah. because your, your blocking has gone through the roof. I, mm. I think you're dangerous in the, run, in the passing game. It's, it's too bad that we, we can't play three tight ends every second of the <laughs> Why game. Why not? I, well, we, we, we really should do a little bit more of that. But let, let me throw, uh, this isn't a critique at all, because sure. I don't think you guys played your best game offensively last week. Yeah. I thought you left some points out there. For, and yet you still score 34 points. Yeah. So what do you guys take of that? Uh, you know, when you go in, watch film, now you go into this week, is that a positive? Well, I look how much better we can get? Or, golly, man, we, we just, we left so much on them. Uh, I mean, we're always looking forward to the next week. You know, we're not going to beat ourselves up too much. Uh, but we know we're better than what we showed. We're not content with, you know, 34 points and losing. It's amazing. It's, it's always score more than the other person. That's all that matters. Um, and we know we have it in us. I mean, we showed it in the second half against the Bucks. We showed it last week. Like, we can score uh, when we put our minds to it. So just being more efficient, I think, on first and second down, making sure we're staying out of those third and longers will really help us out. So we love our crowd out here. These people have supported us. <laughs> For what, 12 weeks now. We love yeah. you guys. And we got a question uh -huh. from Addie right here yeah. in the crowd. All right, she's got long hair. You got long hair. Her question was, have you ever been tackled by your hair? Because it's, uh -huh. it's out there flowing. Uh, I haven't been ripped down, but sometimes the gloves I have stick on them, right? It'll get stuck in my hair. <laughs> and that'll get pulled a little bit. So that happens from time to time. But thankfully, no one's ever grabbed and just ripped it down. There we go. Yeah. There you go, Addy. Uh, so when, question, you, when you play football, you don't worry about it. You just run through them yeah. tackles, all right? Run yeah. through them. Exactly. Okay, so you have a fiance. She went to Alabama. She was on the golf team. Uh, You're a golfer now. He's yep. single digits. I want a piece of that, by the way. <laughs> um, talk to us real quick. One, how did you meet? her yep and two does she like your hair uh we met on instagram i slid in the dms uh <laughs> I, that's the only time i've ever done that that's my claim to fame with all one for that. one one for one and then i retired uh and um sorry what was the second question so well first of all why did you dm her uh, I DM'd her because she had a Bible verse in her bio, and I thought she was cute. And I was like, all right, Love that. there's a chance. There's a chance. We'll see what she's all about faith-wise. And, I mean, she's an amazing woman of God. Second question, does she like your long hair? She loves it. Uh, I've actually been kind of getting sick of it. She's like, you have to keep it. We have the same hair. If you look at, if you look at my Instagram, you'll see our, our hair is the exact same, nice and curly. And she's like, we have, you have to keep it. I'm like, well, I'll keep it at least till the wedding and then. We'll see what as long as she's clean shaven, we're good with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So we're not twinning. <laughs> when, when you shower and you got all the hair down in, in the uh -huh. shower, you don't know like, who it is. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who it is. Exactly. Who's it is. What's what's the relationship like um, with you guys in a tight end room? Because you guys are like three different tight ends. Yeah. Right? You got you who initially you were the the high ball guy going get it. Now you're everything. Uncle Will, blue cutter guy, do everything. No fan, elusive when the ball's in his hands. What's right. the relationship like with you guys? We have a lot of fun. I mean, it's especially fun when we're all out there, 13 personnel. I think back to the last Arizona game, you know, that last four-minute drive, able to seal the win with all of us out there. We just have so much fun together. We really complement each other well, and uh, it's a good time with those guys. I was just down uh, at Arizona State. That's where I went to school, and we had our 40th anniversary when we played in the Fiesta Bowl and beat Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And Willie Shaw was there. He was my coach. He's my secondary coach. Yeah. Best coach I've ever had. Yeah. I, I hate to say best coach. 
I haven't had a better coach. How's that? I've had yeah. some that are as good, sure. um, but but it's been pretty great. And, and his son, David Shaw, Stanford, yeah. uh, just resigned from Stanford. I think a yeah. lot of it has to do with the NIL and, and things like that. Do you mind just sharing maybe, I, I, I don't know how, what you think of David, yeah. or just maybe that time, and you know, just your faith, what that meant, and just the whole NIL. How does that change sure. things? Uh, yeah, I love Coach Shaw. It was amazing to me, and uh, I know all the, all the guys I played with really respected him. Um, he set us all up for success at the next level and uh, definitely took care of us. Uh, so I wish him all the best at the next level or, you know, wherever he goes. Uh, and, yeah, I think it's going to be a tough spot to fill, especially with the NIL stuff. You know, Stanford sometimes struggles with the support of the program, so trying to get uh, extra funding for NIL will be tough. You know, they have a pretty big endowment. Huge endowment. That they probably <laughs> could tap into <laughs> that they won't. If, yeah, that's the, that's the key. They, they, they have won't. a lot more going on than just football, which is, you know, part of the reason why you go there. Yeah. You, you could take a 1% of their endowment and fund NIL forever. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I guess that's another story. Sure. <laughs> what, what is it about Stanford that produces just the, these tight ends? You know, over the last 10 years, there's been some guys yeah. that come out of there. And then was that part of your decision making when it came to going out of Oaks Christian to Stanford, knowing that they really uh, produce linemen and, and tight ends? Yeah, it definitely was part of the decision making. You know, saw the guys before me, Zach Ertz, Kobe Fleener, all these guys that have had so much success. And I think it comes from being a complete tight end. You know, they don't box you in as just a pass catcher, although that was what I mainly did. I was still learning all my footwork for all my run game stuff, and that really set me up to uh, really embrace it at the next level. All right, so let's get away from football. Last question. You and your fiance, you came from Southern California, Oaks Christian, Stanford, great weather. You're up here. What do you guys, I mean, just, we, we were talking with uh, 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 Nuosu earlier, and yeah. just, you, people don't realize how much time you guys spend at the facility and yeah, after right. and film and everything. What do you and your wife, or soon to be wife, uh -huh. what are you going to do just to chill and just get away from things? Well, we both like the golf, which is huge. Nice. Um, so maybe invest in a simulator at some point because <laughs> the weather is not going to be great. Uh, but no, we just like to hang out. I have, a, I have a dog, and obviously she'll become a dog mom soon. Uh, so taking the pup out on a walk and just relaxing, getting away from it, not talking ball too much when we're at home. Have you ever beat her in golf? I've not. I've tied her. I've tied her. Yes. Uh -huh. Straight up, no mulligan. Straight up. Straight up. It was of course. Of course. A place down in Naples, Florida. Uh, Let's go. But she, uh, she was, she was off, and I was okay on. So we were, <laughs> we're getting close. Love it. I don't, I don't know if I could beat her though. I don't know if I want to do that. It's, her. it's hard to do. <laughs> Trust me. Do, do you Don't play from her. the same uh, tee boxes? No, she's up. She's up a little bit. She would still beat you, though. Yeah, she's. Oh, she's <laughs> yeah. Still, yeah. Hey, well, Kobe, man, we appreciate you taking time on a Thursday, man. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. Give it up one more time for Kobe Parkinson. Thanks so much, guys. God bless. All right, when we return, we're going to go inside the film room. Quandre Diggs gets an interception. Ken Walker's 14 yard touchdown, and Josh Jacobs' 86 yard touchdown. That's next right here on Hawks Live. Hey, for our guys, our fans are out here. Wait, we appreciate you guys. Thanks for joining us. We love it. We love it. All right, so now it's time for us to break down film. Former player, former coaches, this is what we do. We love breaking down some film, and that's what we're going to do. We're going inside the film room, and the first play we're going to break down is Quandre Diggs. Very first play from scrimmage for the Las Vegas Raiders. He gets an interception. Already on the first offensive play, the play fake, and Carr wants to throw, and he does. Across the middle, and it's intercepted. Diggs picks it off. Turns up field, 25-20, knocked out of bounds. He was trying to go, was Carr to Devontae Adams on a crossing route on the first play of the game. He missed Adams, but he hit Diggs right in the hands. Diggsy hits the ground, pops up. It's
his first interception of the season, and he gets it down to the red zone. The Seahawks are in business on the very first play of the game. All right, what you see, Moyer? You rarely get interceptions without a good pass rush. Mm -hmm. And in this situation, look, they were determined to take away Adams. I mean, they doubled him most of the time, even when he was in the slot. And if he was out wide, they tried to pin him to the sideline with a safety over the top. And look, this is a fantastic interception by Diggs. But they do a little play action fake uh, to, to Josh uh, Jacobs in this situation. But is Al Woods? I think it's Al. Yep, it's Al, Al Woods, Woods yep. beats their center bad. And it's one of the few times we beat the center bad. But he beat him right from the get-go with a quick swim move right up the middle. And Carr had to throw it quick. And he threw it to where he thought was Adams open on a crossing route. It's probably about a 15-yard crossing route. And Diggs lays out and makes an unbelievable interception. Yeah, what I see right here, I'm a, I'm a slot receiver. So I see Devontae in the slot. I see that inside release is going on that deep cross. When you have the safety on top and you have the nickel or the corner below, that's a nice little bracket. That's how you make sure that slot doesn't kill you. That's exactly what happened right there. And the crazy part is all the chemistry that Derek Carr and Devontae Adams have had throughout the year. Devontae Adams had a sneaky 1,000-yard season with 10 touchdowns. No one really talks about that. But that just means their chemistry is on point. Devontae does not look for the ball. The ball is already gone before Devontae looks for it. That's why he's not able to make a play. And sometimes as a safety or just a player in general, you're where you're supposed to be and uh, the football guys are going to give you a gift. I think that's what happened right there. Well, it was great coverage. And, you know, and it was a great interception. It was a great catch, great I guess catch. I want to say. Because yeah. he laid out for it and he I can't describe it on the radio, but, you know, the way he had to put his arms, the ball was a little bit behind him as he laid out. It was it was just a really good catch, good coverage. And, again, if you have good pass rush and the quarterback has to throw it before he wants to, that's where interceptions come from. Yeah, for sure. And um, great athletic play. And I've been waiting on Diggs, man, because he's uh, – Yeah, two of them. What, if he has one more pick, I think he would break a record, like the first – player in the last four or five seasons to have three at least three interceptions the last four or five seasons i don't so. want him to beat my interception record what is it three let years. the people know what I, is it i don't know what i had you don't know 13 he made plays though two one moye hey we, we've got our boy over here that will tell you when he was doing some breakdowns with pete gross he said moye you were in on a lot of plays i go it's a playmaker oh he's gassing you up yeah okay unlet it here we go this next play, Ken Walker scores on a 14-yard touchdown in the third quarter. Walker with the handoff over his left guard. Now straight upfield, runs into two defenders, still pushing, still pushing. They are in. Touchdown, Seahawks. Wow, what a play by not only Ken Walker, the third, who just kept driving those legs, but his offensive lineman joined in, and they pushed for about the last five yards. A 14-yard run, his second of the day, and the Seahawks take the lead, 26-24. Moyer, I think Ken Walker does his best work in a zone concept, zone scheme. Now, you got to run the gap. When we say gap, it means there are guards and tackles pulling and all that stuff. But 
with a guy like Ken Walker, who's still trying to figure out how to be a running back in the NFL. He's going to have great moments, and the zone concept allows him to kind of feel and read what's going on. That's what we see right here. It is a zone left, so he presses the left B gap. He's looking for the cutback. Nothing's there. He presses it even more, and then he slips through what the, maybe the A, the B gap, and gets north-south, and then you keep those legs moving. There's bodies on bodies. He gets help from his offensive lineman. Gino comes in late and taps him on the shoulders. He gets a little bit of that love. But end of the day, Ken Walker didn't have the greatest day when it comes to yards on the ground, but he did have two touchdowns. This right here was a powerful run. I like this guy in the zone skin. Yeah, he actually kind of misses the first cut. It's, just, it's a zone play to our left, and the backside A gap. So zone is kind of a run to daylight uh, running style, and it's perfect for Kenneth Walker the third because he he's a bit like Josh Jacobs, where they that's his strength too. They just have such good vision, and they're so quick in their cutting ability that they can make uh, quick cuts back behind the, the, the where the ball started. And in this situation, actually, he kind of missed it initially, but then he right. found it. And his acceleration is amazing. Now, look, this ball, he probably should have been tackled on the three-yard line. But now with the new rules, all the offensive linemen got into the scrum. And all of a sudden you saw Lucas and all of our big 350-pound linemen push the pile all the way into the end zone. I'm going to let you know as a defensive player, I hate that play. Because <laughs> it's just like, look, I am a def I'm defenseless at this point. I'm trying to tackle the thing, and you guys are running over me. But I loved it in this situation because... It was seven points for the Seahawks. No, I love it, too. And I'm glad the rules have changed. So back when you were playing, you could not push the running back no, like that? No, he couldn't. That was illegal uh, at that time to try and push people through. Um, now, I don't know if it's a good rule or bad rule. It's probably not a bad rule. I just The only thing I don't like is defensive guys have a tendency to get hit in that pile. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in this situation, that's fine. As long as it works for our offense, I'm okay with it. As <laughs> long as it works for the Seahawks. Seahawks, we are good, but no, I like this play. This one, um, this one set the tone right here, or one of the tone setters, and we knew this was going to be a physical game when you see plays like this. Ken Walker, one of the best young running backs in this league. Let's see how he evolves throughout the season. All right, this next one, this one hurts, folks. Josh Jacobs. Let me tell you where I was when this went down. So if you guys ever go to, uh, to Lumen, there's, um, what is that, the Verizon Lounge where there are their windows in the south end zone and I'm watching through the window of the south end zone and as soon as he hits the gap before I can see the results of the play I walk over to the podium and get ready for my post game because I go man he's gone this one hurts we're gonna break down Josh Jacobs Josh Jacobs game-winning 86-yard touchdown in overtime first and ten for the Raiders at their own 14 Adams is wide to the near side. He's got Tariq Willen on him. Ibax in the backfield behind Carr, who goes under center. The handoff to Jacobs straight ahead, and he's got running room. There he goes, and he's going to take off. He's going to win this football game. He's going to go the length of the field is Jacobs, 86 yards, and the Raiders are going to beat the Seahawks at Lumen Field on an 86-yard run from scrimmage. Oh, this one hurt, Moyer. This one hurt. Yeah, I don't know if I have enough time to coach all these because, honestly, of the 11 players, nine of them don't play this technically 
Right. This is just, they call this an ISO. Um, you don't see it much anymore because an ISO is when you have two backs in the backfield and the fullback leads, and it's an isolation between that fullback and the linebacker. And if for those who know what an Oklahoma drill is, I mean, it's you don't even get to do that anymore in practice, but it is a... It's illegal. Uh, you know, I'm five <laughs> yards away, you're five yards away, and it's a running start, and you guys are going to smash each other. So that's what they do. They lead their fullback to um, Jordan Brooks. Jordan's just, I mean, he doesn't even play it that bad. I mean, he just he gets no help along the way. So we're playing a two-deep defense, which means we've got two safeties deep. we got two corners rolled up. So the problem with that is when you got an eye formation, I would have checked out of that. I wouldn't have been in a cover two. I would have said, let's drop our safety down. Let's go to a cover three because when I'm in a cover two, both of my linebackers in that situation got to play two gaps. So in this case, Barton is our right linebacker. Flo is on the other side of the center for him. So Flo is to the defensive left, offensive right. In that situation, Cody or Kobe's Cody, Kobe, Cody, Cody's got to go to the other gap on the other side of the ball. But uh, jo- it's a hard one to describe, you guys. But uh, Josh Jacobs kind of stutters enough that freezes um, uh, Barton on that situation, and he gets caught up on the right side of the defense, left side of the offense, and the ball ends up going to the right side of the offense, left side of the defense. Long story short, there's nobody there. That's fine. That probably should have been a six- or seven-yard play. But then my backside corner, he actually comes down the line of scrimmage. Can't do that. I mean, I already got a defensive end or an outside linebacker leveraging that. He should have been sitting back and folded in to help with that tack. Both safeties play it not very good. Look, it's an 86-yard play that's a coaching uh, reel that I could spend an hour talking about. And this is the difference between being a bad, good, and a great defense. There are, it's just a fine tune of an experience of, hey, when, a, when I got a runner coming my way, it's kind of like geometry. If he's two yards from the line of scrimmage, I should be two yards back. If he's, if he's two yards from getting to the edge, I should actually be four yards back because he's got to go four yards. I have a chance to move four yards and meet him at the line of scrimmage. But by me being back, if he pops it in between the tackles, I can fold in and make that play. In this situation, we didn't get that. And both safeties played it poorly. I am a big believer because I'm a secondary coach and play defense. Long plays, big runs are the secondary's fault. That should never happen. They are an umbrella. They should all be working together to funnel that. None of them did. And we're playing a two-deep zone. No way that should go for 86 yards. And so I'm not dogging them. I'm just saying we have room for improvement. It's not skill. It's just experience and time. And it's the little subtleties of defense. And so when I told you earlier there were 38 running plays, 32 of them we played fantastic. We had six we didn't. And that's one of them. That cost us a touchdown in the game. Sometimes you get an expert analysis and you follow it up with, what he said <laughs> all right that's exactly he, he beautifully done thank you paul moyer for that analysis okay hey don't forget after tonight hawks live returns to bellevue square for the final show on thursday december 8th so come back december 8th for the last hawks live show of the season when we return we're going to talk that talk that's when we square up and 
I gave him some love right now, so that love's going to be taken away and thrown over there because we got to square up. All right, we're going to talk about Ken Walker. He's going for 1,000 yards. Geno Smith, will he have a game-winning drive? And then, of course, we got to tap in on these Broncos. That is next right here on Hawks Lock. We got our, our regulars, and we got some new fans out. We got kids out past their bedtime. You guys got late start tomorrow? You guys out here late start? No, no. no. The, oh, rain, the rain came on. Oh, you're on point tomorrow. Man, I'm from California, so you guys appreciate your late starts. We didn't have those in California unless there was an earthquake once in my life that happened. All <laughs> right. So looking forward, we have the Los Angeles Rams. Now, we've broken these guys down. We know that they are injured. They're like a wounded bird flying in the sky that you can easily pick off. But you know what? <laughs> Man, when animals are wounded, they are dangerous. And that's what the Rams are. They're wounded. We'll see if they are dangerous. But I think this is a perfect game for these guys, meaning the Seahawks, to just get back on track. And I don't think they have to do anything like spectacular to do that. You got to go out and just play your game. Run the football. Get Kim Walker 20 to 25 touches. Gino, take care of the football. Defensively, you better not let Cam Akers do something he hasn't done all year, which is go off. And you better not let Bobby Wagner make a play on you either. I, you know, they know him. They, they, they're, I think they're going to attack him a little bit, particularly in the passing game and things. But um, it's a game we should win. I, I don't think we have to play great. Uh, there's times where we do need to play great, and we're capable of that. We need to play well. We got to play good football, not turn the ball over, make good decisions. We got to play better defensively, but their offense should not score more than 20 points on us. No chance. Right. I mean, I'm thinking 14, 17. Our offense is really good. Their defense is good. But without Aaron Donald, we should be able to be put 20 plus on the board. I think we go for 24, 27. I can't give you the score. You're going to have to figure that out on uh, Sunday when you listen to us. Uh, but I, I really think we're going to win this one by double digits. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. I think we should, especially because you're dealing with the quarterback position. You have Walford over there. You also have Bryce Perkins. I'm a kid out of University of Virginia. Big ups to everyone who was associated with the University of Virginia with the tragedy that went on, yeah, on over there. Totally our, our buddy Ray Roberts is from there. Also, big ups to um, anyone who, who's associated with the University of Idaho oh, with the tragedy that's gone on over there. Uh, but I think it comes down to personnel. Just on paper, the Hawks have better players than the Rams at this point. No you problem. listen to Pete Carroll talk about the Rams, though, he's always going to show some respect because they've had his number throughout his career. But I'm listening to Pete, and I go, all right, Pete, you're doing that coach talk, but I'm going to talk that talk for you, Pete. Come on now. like We're going to beat these dudes, and we're going to beat them handily in their house at SoFi. They, they've won five of the last six versus us. They've had our number, but we're, we're a better football team, and we're playing – we're, we're just a better football team. And by the way, next week's our last uh, Hawks Live. Let's have a record crowd here. Come out and get your shopping done at the Bellevue Collection. This has been a fun year for us. We've really enjoyed being here. Yeah, we've loved it. Not going to lie. We're like, what's this going to be like? You know, we, yeah. we've had several spots. I but like that. Uh, as long as they got Paul Moyer's the name, name on backwards, it. backwards, though. Paul Moyer. No, it's, it's right. My, it's right. My, it's right. It's hosted oh, by. Oh, it's alphabetical. It's hosted M by Michael Bumpus. Bumpus comes for Moyer. Paul okay, Moyer. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they got it right. Used to be age before beauty. But, <laughs> but, but you know what? But you're, you're my guy. Man. Hey, hey. 
Thank Even you. better. Hey. NASA goes, it's time to go home. Hey, our, our producer's in our ear. He, he goes, hey, shut it down. Okay. Shut it down. So that's what we're going to do. Hey, we appreciate you guys coming out, man. Special thanks to Achenna Nwosu, Kobe Parkinson for joining the show, our board operator, Brady Robick, on-site engineer, Brenna Rogers, and Arlene Escobar. She over there doing her thing. <laughs> Production assistant is Sean Kanapudi. Our executive producer is Nasha Chobi. The Seahawks pregame show is live this Sunday starting at 10 a.m. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Bumpus. My guy, Paul Moyer. We'll be back next week for our last Hawks Live of this season. We appreciate you guys.